All right, so let's get to our big hitter. So normally it's from eight to nine. We are we've started it later because our big hitter has just come off a plane, um, and he's from Ghana, and it means slight shift. He's not in studio as well because things have just not worked out according to times. But fine, we at least have the privilege of talking to him. He a will be the person who will deliver tomorrow the the sixth annual Ankoporse Tiro Memorial Lecture. That's at the University of Limpopo. That happens tomorrow. Uh, and he is from Ghana. He's, he's Chief Nana Kobina in Ketsia the Fifth. He's the paramount chief of the Esikado traditional area in that country. So, uh, Chief uh, Chief Nana, you need to help us how we address you, in fact. Good chatting to you and good evening and welcome to South Africa. Thank you. Simply call me Nana. Okay, got that. Thank you. Thank you for okay. assisting us in that. So, w- welcome to the country, Nana, and... Obviously, you're looking forward to talking tomorrow, and I'm just picking up on the back of, of, of the, the promo we played where, where the sound came through, and I am an African, and it's very, very inspiring even listening to that promo, right? And I'm saying that deliberately because you have strong views on, on the state of Africa right now and the role of the citizens of Africa and where, what role we should be playing in the building of our continent. So, so share, share some thoughts on that first. Well, nobody can build Africa for Africans. We have to build Africa. Africa belongs to Africans. So if you're proud of Africa, then how do you want to see Africa? And you go ahead and do it. Well, that's quite simple. um, It's it's a deep thing that I'm saying, in the sense that what does Africa have? Um, One of the biggest problems Africa has as a continent is um, the foreign ideas. Nobody says don't use foreign ideas. But if you look at um, the whole of Africa, what natural resource do we need from Europe? And I use the word deliberately. Natural resource do we need from Europe in order to build Africa? Okay, and, and you, you're going you're gonna to give an answer and say we don't need anything in terms of natural resources. Am I right? And, th- and so, therefore, what is the problem? Why is, our, what's, why is our mind so captivated in such a way that we leave... We are, um, look at the Mediterranean, Mediterranean crossings. Our ancestors crossed the Atlantic and fought to come back. Why is it that now that we are free, we are, we, we are pushing ourselves out of, out of Africa? You want to create one of, one of uh, I think it's Fanon or Sechi, who said that if we want Africa to become Europeanized, then why do we say we want independence? Let the Europeans stay here and just turn this whole place into Europe. Okay, so... Why then do we find ourselves? I mean, it's an interesting point, you know, that yes, there were there were foreign people that colonized the continent. Then there was a move, rightfully so, to get rid of them and to assert oneself in terms of self independence of a region. You can get anybody to visit and to even live here, but you clearly want to have the the natives of an of a region to run the country. Now that has happened, there's been this flight of many people, particularly from what West and North Africa, I would think, right, who've actually gone to Europe and and. The answer to many people is they go to Europe because at this point in time, leaving aside ideologies, they obviously see a better life in Europe, never mind the inherent risks that go with getting there, which is going on a boat, uh, getting caught up, getting abused by so many people, and and then maybe living a life below a required level uh, in, in some of those European countries, and then hopefully make it bigger along the way. Is that not so? I mean, isn't it a damning statement on on how... The inhabitants of, of Africa judges Africa. They judge Africa harshly by simply wanting to live elsewhere. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's not their fault because nobody is offering a vision of Africa to them. If you want to build, if I don't put blocks down, if you don't make your contribution, who else is going to contribute? They're going to be an exodus. After all, what did Europe want from Africa in the first place? Their resources. It used the human beings when uh, it was exported them, and then at a point also came back and colonized us, chopped us into pieces, you know, and took what they wanted out. Then they left. But before they left, they left us with something very, very important that we haven't considered. They left, it with, they left us with neocolonialism. And so most of us would be very happy listening to the great Jamaican Bob Marley singing. But we forget that the song that he sings and we, we like, emancipate yourself from mental slavery, am I right? None but yourself can, can uh, emancipate your mind, can free your mind. Marcus Gavi said this about 1937. And then it was, it was um, Mali who set it into song. So why is it? I mean, it's, it's, it, our minds are gone. That's the problem. Even our concepts. And one of the things about us is that we even dream somebody else's dream. We don't dream an African dream. And it's a challenge to you. It's a challenge to me. How do we make Africa African? The Africans are there. But who is the African? Who is there? Is that person a black Englishman? Or is that person with an African thought? Okay, what and that contest? and that's the part what I'm. I'm gonna, all right, uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to encourage. I'm going to encourage callers as well to to call in. Oh eight nine one one zero four two seven. My guest is Chief Nana Kobina in Ketsia the fifth. He's the paramount chief of the Esikano traditional area in Ghana. We're going to talk about your your lecture that you're going to deliver shortly. But tell us what you do in Ghana in, in terms of your your role in Ghana. I mean, do, well, can I call you a traditional chief in that sense? Because we we had the traditional leader, the president of traditional leaders, Contralesa, in uh, on air yesterday. So, so what, what then is your role in Ghana? Well, I'm just I'm just smiling about the confusion Africa is in. This is part of the confusion. Um, there's a, there's a Nigerian who wrote or delivered a speech who then became a paper in 1976. His name is Peter Eke, and he talked about the two Africas, the indigenous Africa and the African of the colonized Africa. That has the colonial institutions, uh, colonial constitutions, which have been carried on. Now, that has become the formal state of, of Africa now. But the other Africans, people like me, are still there, performing our roles, one way or the other. And so far, we haven't been able to synthesize the two. So, um, the two Africans, I belong to the the powerless Africa, the Africa that has been emasculated. And so when you use the word tradition, when you ask a very foolish question, and permit me, or forgive me for saying this, is the queen a traditional ruler or not a traditional ruler? The queen of England. Well, I would think she's a traditional ruler. I would think so, but you, said, you, well, you can tell us more. Well, in that, in that framework, um, I have my people. I, I come from a very big area. Okay, compared to South Africa, no, but there's a town called Takrade, which is a port. The capital of the place is Sekondi. Now, Sekondi is in two parts. Uh, Sekondi is part of Sekondi, but we changed our name during the independence struggle for, because my predecessor as a chief was the, was, the, uh, was the only chief who went to prison longer than Kwame Nkrumah and also suffered the most brutal treatment. So the people said, how can we call ourselves British Sekondi? So they changed their name from British Sekondi to Sekondi. 
Okay, let's get let's get some calls as well. Oh eight nine one one zero four two seven. Derek's been holding on from Nelson Mandela Bay. Derek, uh, welcome to the show. And what's your viewpoint? Good evening. Thank you. Well, our viewpoint is the following: What a breath of fresh air to hear the man from Ghana speak the truth. We are obsessed here with state capture. We've got mind capture of British ideas. Let's take what the point is making, for example, South Africa currently with our oil price. We've got SADC. Why can't our, can't our president take the bull by the horns, think out the box, make a subject dollar because Angola is floating on oil, and we won't have to listen to the nonsense about the exchange rate and I can't afford petrol because tomorrow it's going to be 20 rand a litre. Thank you very much, sir. I love you very much because we need leaders who speak like you. Please uh, address them and talk to our president. Thank okay. you, sir. There we are. Thanks for that call, Derek. Uh, uh, Chief Nana, go ahead. Respond to that call. Well, that's that's. I'm just making a comment about that. I mean, I, I was I was quite a bit disheartening looking at African African leaders uh, going to China and having a big summit there. It says, God, what what's special about China that makes you all uh, the whole continent congregates in China? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't even come to the AU building, and the AU building itself, which should be our holy church, the Church of Unity, was built for us at Addis Ababa by the Chinese. If you believe in something, if you want a church, and you believe in the church, you, you use your money as tithes and you do it. You know, it's, it's got to the stage, uh, and we don't ask ourselves, what loans did the Chinese obtain and who gave them the loans to build China? And, and who did? I mean, help us with understanding that. What, what has caused the rise of China? I mean, if 20 years ago, 20 years ago, I mean, we, we knew... Yeah, let me just complete this, Nana, sorry. I was just saying, 20 years ago, China, we knew a highly populated country, but, but, but certainly mocked it to a large degree as a highly populated poor country uh, in terms of its GDP growth and in terms of the turnaround that it has in its country now. Suddenly, people are looking up and saying, wow. So let's go back to that question that you put in, you know, who, who gave China the money to to then invest uh, yeah. in itself. I mean, the, the whole idea is that, you see, there, there, there's the word, I like the English word, independence. Independence actually means indigenous dependence. You are dependent on your own indigenous ideas, indigenous things, and so on. But we've become so colonized. We, we, some of us, we call ourselves by all kinds of, um, oh, he's far right, far left. Far, far left of what? Far left of whom? Far right of what? And all these things are European epithets. I quite remember I happened to have been in Cape Coast, and I was very fortunate. The first speaker of the post-apartheid um, parliament came to speak to us. And she drew my attention about the power of definition and said that, look, the West, for example, has the arrogance of even uh, defining the world by its own terms. So there's the Middle East. But Middle East, actually, for us, it should be West Asia. But we call it Middle East because mm. that's what the West says. And so again, it's, defi- it's defined by, it's by on, how they've done so, yeah. I, I hope, I mean, it's our mind. Unless we change the chip, unless our mindset changes, believe you me, we're going to be apes all the time. An ape just imitates, it copies. There's no originality. Anytime South African music hits, goes down and becomes South African, no matter what the instruments are, you feel, you feel the rhythm, you enjoy it, because there is something special. But if I try to sing like the Beatles, am I, can I ever be the Beatles? You, you know? But yeah. when you go deep into and touch the native rhythm, 
no matter where you take it to, there's an element that makes it unique. And that is its originality. You don't imitate. We are into ape-manship. Okay, let, let, can we say, I'm trying to find a word to describe uh, Africa. If we, and, and you need to correct me if I'm wrong, because we're talking about the entire continent, not one country, okay? In, in sporting terms, can we say we are a notch above the relegation zone, in sporting terms? In, 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 in banking terms, can we say we've got a massive overdraft that we can't quite pay, and yet we need to be independent to try and work our way to pay for that overdraft? Well, Which one's accurate let, let, let me also put it this way. It's, it's not, we are the, the only people that you see, we wear, uh, we wear t-shirts, earrings with the, with Africa, you know, mm. the shape of Africa. Yeah. It's so beautiful. We do things. And, and so you see the masses have this pan-African consciousness about them. There's the leadership. Who are into flags and anthems, and this is my flag. I, I, I've seen the, I mean, whenever I hear the, it called, uh, seeking, uh, what do you call it? Um, the, the South African anthem. I feel yeah. very proud. Mm-hmm. And I tell myself, can't we even adopt this for the whole of Africa? You know, there must be that conscious effort. But if you're going to have that conscious effort, and the leadership is based on, oh, I am this, I am this, on territorial fence, then we have a problem. All right, and, so how, how do we build ourselves? How do we build ourselves out of a deficit situation without foreign aid? So again, and, and I know you ah, love sport but too. But as soon as you use the word aid, yeah. that means that you are helpless. Other countries have done it without aid. It's the consciousness, and then South Africa, in fact, the, if you if you study our cultures, from I mean, let me talk about south of the Sahara. All our cultures are just varying shapes of Ubuntu. We are one. I am because we are. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's there in almost every African culture I've studied. They just come by different names, or sometimes they are not even named at, at all. But they are, it is there. You understand me? But if you go into the structure of euthanized Africa, that is when the divisions come. We look at Johannesburg that I'm in. Mm. I'm sure that rich people live in another area and poor people live somewhere. Mm. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is that the way we lived? We lived together. We shared. We didn't structure ourselves into land spaces that rich there and poor there. So why now? It's not change. If it's change, that it's backward change. It's the wrong change. We need we need uh, a new kind of thinking. And 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 what in fact. And glosses me more about the Tiro is that he was a young man and he wanted change. You don't change by flying away. You change by confronting the problem, by challenging the problem. And it's the youth envision the Africa that they want. More to and come. It can be done. It can be done. Well, I want to get your thoughts on some of the leadership within the African continent. Who does inspire you? If, in fact, they do... Uh, Mike, let's get let's get your thoughts, Mike. Uh, let me just try and connect with you, Mike. Go ahead, hello. Okay, Mike's gone. We'll take your call right right away. Okay, let let's talk about leadership uh, and who's delivering it, if anything, on the African continent in a moment. This week, Kanika Kapoor teams up with Deep Money. Vikash and Jack go public with Harry and the Gupta. Joe Manju shares his secrets for healthy eating. Dr. Anushka Reddy hosts a beauty picnic. 
and Kajol comes back as a helicopter mom. Shame the Indian experience at Miller on Sunday at 2 p.m. on SABC3. The stage is yours. Whether you like it or not, the truth has a way of coming out. And never have I ever made out with a stranger. <laughs> never have I ever had to do the walk of shame. Well, we're older, Hashtag WTF to me, Mondays and Tuesdays at 9.30pm, only on SABC3. At SAFM Radio and at Ashraf Gada on Twitter. Fascinating chat, a very important chat with uh, tonight's big hitter, who's uh, straight off a plane, in fact. Uh, his name is uh, Nanar Kobina Inketia. He's the, the fifth, that is. He's uh, the paramount chief of the Esikado traditional area region in Ghana. And he speaks to us ahead of his big event tomorrow, where he addresses the audience uh, at the 6th on Koportse Tiro annual memorial lecture that'll be at the university of uh, limpopo uh nana let's let's then talk about you know are there are there african leaders of whichever countries that and we're talking today not not past tense right that you find that are speaking the language that you appreciate you understand and they're following through with the type of action that says we as a continent need to look up to them because they will provide the type of leadership in their countries and on the continent that we need but they were cut down. I mean, if, if you take my own Nkrumah, he was cut down. You move over to the man who changed the name of Upper Balta to Burkina Faso, a very young man. And ask yourself, why did they kill him, Thomas uh, Sankara? And he changed Burkina Faso in a way, and their consciousness in a way, that when you meet a Burkina Bay, you just admire who understands the way they think. Um, I think that uh, one of my special heroes was also uh, Patrice Lumumba of um, of Zaire, you know, Congo, Congo then. So we, we've had we've had quite a few, uh, but it is it is it is a task that can only be resolved. Um, it, it's, it's a difficult task, and it is we the population, we the ones who must raise the consciousness, and this is one of the reasons why I like. Um, I hear today is uh, one of my favorite Africans' days, Steve Biko. Mm, you know, yes. and, and I have a, pic, a big picture of him in, 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 in my hall in, uh, in Ghana. And I tell people the greatest thing he said was, if you give, I mean, the, the, the most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. You give your mind to your enemy to, to teach you, to indoctrinate you. What do you think is going to happen? All, in fact, there's, there's, there's a saying that I, I say all the time. All education is indoctrination. The best education is the indoctrination that makes you aware of indoctrination. So you give your mind to your enemy to indoctrinate you. Of course. He's going to tell you why he should be there and why you should be down there. Should be up there. Why you should, why you should serve him. So it's a challenge that, that, that we have to pick up at the universities. Almost all the universities that we have in Africa are just outposts of Europeanisms, you know, and consciously the curriculum must change and the consciousness will set in. Um, we watched the movie uh, Black Panther mm, and mm. said and, and enjoyed Wakanda. Yes. If we dream Wakanda, then we should try to make Wakanda forever. But if not, we just don't do it and then go and sleep. It can be done. 
the, 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 the pyramids were built by us. If you want to know Egypt better, you have to come into Black Africa and look at the Black African cultures and you'll understand Egypt uh, and appreciate Egypt more. If we've done it in the past, why can't we do it? In, the, in West Africa, we had the empires of I wouldn't even call them empires because I'm very worried about using certain English uh, definitions for certain things. Mm-hmm. But we had Dana Mali Songhai. Master Musa went to, um, and I remember a young man asking me, oh, Nana, if the European had not come here, of course, we'd have been around walking stark naked and so on. And I said, oh, you're right. They taught us how to weave kente. They taught, they taught us how to wear batakeri. That's the cloth I'm wearing right now. When Mansa Musa was going to Mecca, he went stark naked. Then the young boy knelt in front of me and said, I'm sorry. Because we don't know who we are. We are indoctrinated to feel that this is the way we must be. Go to Nigeria. Look at the varieties of cloth. Go and look at the Ife culture. How did Zimbabwe come by the stones that they've arranged? Beautiful things. Who, what was the mindset that created these things and the cultures? Okay, so there's lots you, that you raised. Let's get to a caller. Mike wants to talk to you um, from Cape Town. Mike's gone again. Okay, let's talk about the, the lecture that's going to be delivered tomorrow by yourself, right? Uh, g- give us a sense of what you're going to touch on. Well, the lecture is on Friday. On Friday, my apology. Okay, yes. go ahead. No, it's okay. Right. Well, what, what, I, what I, I call the lecture Tiro, daring the youth, daring, uh, the youth of Africa about the future. Tiro was young. He died for his beliefs and so on and so forth. Now, what, what do we, the young ones, what is the state of Africa today? If we are voting for Africa by leaving Africa, then there's something wrong with, with, the, with the leadership. Now, if you look at those who struggle for independence, almost all of them were very young. Lumumba was killed at the age of 37. My, my predecessor was in prison at the age of 30. You know, as a very young chief then. And when sometimes I spoke to him, he spoke of people who were 16 years old and were part of the struggle. You go to, um, to uh, Amika Cabral, he was killed by a letter bomb, a passer bomb, just the way as Kiro left. But he was also very young. Uh, you take uh, one of my heroes, the one that I just mentioned, Steve Bantubiko. He died at the age of what? About 30 or so. Lumumba was 37 or so. So what is the youth doing? What is the mindset of the youth now? Do they want to see Africa like this? Kiro was an African. So, so if we, these are the things is to right. challenge the youth. So, so here's the challenge to to you as well. You know, and I mean, you're very you're, you're fiercely independent in your thoughts of an independent Africa. Uh, even I was reading some of the notes, even making the point of you know why even have a red carpet and then get the leaders <laughs> to come in, right? So I think it's very very telling. It's very telling, right? But but how far how far do we go? Me- meaning. Uh, to to what degree does the continent need to be, you know, absolutely African, or as opposed to look, have look, a uniquely look. African culture, but also borrows wait, from wait, everywhere wait, in the wait, world? Wait. Yeah. We need to challenge systems as they come in. Are they going to enhance us, or are they going to be... take? Um, I saw a very young man who is who we become quite interested in Africa, Malema or something, right? Yeah, Malema. Ju- Julius Malema, yes, he's the leader yeah, of yeah, very, uh, very of, a, of a party, now, the third now, most popular. Yeah, look at it this way. If you go to Kenya and you look at, there's a guy, there's a, a highway they've named after one of my heroes, Wayaki Wahinga. Mm-hmm. The story that I heard about Wayaki was that 
he had a blood part, a blood blood part, which is the highest oath in Africa, all over the continent, with with uh, with Lugard. And that that's the law. You don't break it. He had his regulations, so he gave him his African law about using my space. Then, after he had given him that law, Lugard's people went ahead and broke every rule, and then uh, had a fight with Waiaki. Waiaki then went, I mean, they, they, the fight, they, they tied Waiaki up from the stories that I've read, with his head bleeding to the Presbyterian mission. In the morning, he was taken to a British court. What right do they have to take? They've gone to somebody's land and they mm, take them to a mm, British court. Mm. And I'm sure that the legal people in today will say a court of competent jurisdiction. Where he was hanged and was sentenced to death by his enemies, those who were fighting him. Now, among the Kikuyu, from what I've heard, if somebody of Wayaki's stature dies, they dig a hole to bury him and he has to face Ngai. Ngai is God who lives on Mount Kea. So he has to face Mount Kea. They dug a hole all right, turned Wayaki upside down, and made sure that he faced away from Mankea and buried him alive. That, how can a Kikuyu follow this kind of law today and use it as his law? Is he living in British insanity? Or is he living in Kikuyu sanity? Well, someone just saying on Kopotsutira is one of our unsung heroes, and certainly that will come up in your in your lecture as well. What is you, you mentioned Julius Malema, uh, who's the leader of the third most popular party in in our country. We have a general election in 2019. You obviously are aware of the political changes we've had at presidential level in our country. Is is there is there anything you, you want to just tell us in terms of what you observed of South Africa from a from a distance? We've, we've got a minute before we wrap up, unfortunately. Well, I, I can't campaign for Malema, so we'll stop that one there. But all that we want is that the peace and harmony. You have to be African to be African. And Krumah said that he was born, I mean, uh, he was, he's, he was, Africa was born in him, not because he was born in Africa. That is the thought that Africans must have politically. Let's look for changes that is going to benefit our people. I am, I am my people. My people is me. Why should I be corrupt? I'm, I'm stealing from myself. So the Ubuntu consciousness must be allowed to see. And, and, as, we, and, we, and as we wrap up in, in 20 seconds, many of the critics suggest that there's been a train of African leaders who've emerged from a colonization to independence and have gone the way of corruption. Is it true? And if so, can we put one finger to it and say, why have so many of them oh, fallen it's, prey it's to It's a that? very simple thing. It's because of the social contest of corruption. It's, it's the society that creates the corrupt leaders. It's as simple as that. So we must change the African society from the colonial or neo-colonial society into an African society. If you go to the villages, you'll find out that the elders, they are not corrupt. Okay. They, you, you'll see yeah. But when you come into the, into the Western systems, the police, the, the judges, and so on. That is where corruption is. Because that is not us. Okay. That is European insanity That's where we're going to, That's where we're going to leave it. Appreciate your time. Sorry we couldn't chat to you for a full hour as we had hoped to do, but best wishes for the lecture as well on Friday, I gather. Uh, that's Chief uh, Nana Kobina uh, in Ketsia, the fifth, the paramount chief of the Esikaro traditional area in Ghana. Google him. There's lots to talk about in terms of his own thoughts, okay? But let's get the news now. Just go on 9 o'clock.